the guys who are players at their age in 20s and they're in their maybe 30s, whatever, like right at that stage, like they're hungry, they're savages, and they're in the grind. And they're doing the work of giving first to as many people as they can, over delivering, knowing that that goodwill will compound. Welcome to the game where we talk about how to get more customers, how to make more per customer, and how to keep them longer, and the many failures and lessons we have learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Dude, I, I feel like it's funny that you bring this up. I just had a couple buddies over at my house a couple nights ago, um, and DJ was there, and we got to talking about this. These are two dudes that are pretty successful guys, and we started talking about, I have a theory about this, and this is my theory. It goes along with like what your mentor said to you about doing the right thing. I feel like that, yes, when you do the right thing, I feel like you continue to win and you continue to grow, but that doesn't mean that all the things that happen during that don't hurt and don't yeah. fucking like fuck with you. And, um, but what I, in my case, in my, in, in my life, in my experience is that even when, cause dude, like usually what's weird from in my experience is that it's been the people that I've done the most for or the extra things for that have come back to fuck me. And, um, that really hurts. Like yeah. that really fucks you up, dude. Because like when you're trying to do extra shit and you're trying to help people or you're trying to like, you know, give people a hand or break or, fu- you know, put people on a, on a faster path. Um, nearly a hundred percent of the time in my life, it's come back in some sort of way to hurt me. Um, whether it be, you know, they try to drag my name through the mud or some bullshit, right? It's never them. It's, yeah. it's fucking always you know, everybody else, which is the reason they're in the situation, the need for help in the first place. This is why I've started to recognize that saving people from themselves is not actually the ethical move. The ethical move is to let them fucking learn their lesson so they don't repeat the lesson over and over and over. And, um, but I do, I do believe that when you treat people right and you do the right things that eventually you, I, not eventually. I believe you consistently continue to win, and those people do. They shrink and they go away. And you'll talk about them, you know, three or four years, or five years, or ten years, or whatever it is, once in a while, because they'll remind you of all the good shit that they actually taught you, you know. And that's something that a lot of you guys should really think about, because a lot of people that are in business, you know, getting your getting taken advantage of when you have financial means is a real thing. It's a real thing that happens. And people target people like that. And when you have a big heart like you do and I do, it's easier to be taken advantage of because the 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 pain that we have to feel to help them in a massive way is not very much by relative, right? Like someone needs 5 grand, 5 grand doesn't hurt me, dude. Yeah. And changes their life. But those people quickly forget what the fuck you did for them. And then they expect it. And that seems to be the scenario in society these days. And uh, we were just talking about, I was telling him when we stepped out, how we were just talking about this at the house the other night yeah. about like, I'm like, dude, you know, like for me where I'm at, and this is real shit. Like this is, I mean this. I'm not really interested anymore in going through that process of like developing a, like m- more of a circle. Like, um, I think you and I were the ones talking like the six month probation period, yeah, right? right? <laughs> uh, you know that you know, and what Alex and I were talking about. You tell them your your how you do it. Um, 
we'll just like you you're like we'll see how things go yeah i mean that's the, basically <laughs> the long for like tr- six yeah. months we were yeah. talking it's like dude as long as no one like violates the trust or like <laughs> ask you for shit then they can like you could start to build a friendship yeah because dude a lot of people come along and you know they get i guess hot and heavy with friendship very quickly yeah and then you find out that there's a reason for it. Yeah. And it's not because they want to be your friend. And unfortunately, this is a reality of becoming a successful person. But one of the things that, that I think you should understand, because a lot of you guys, you know, you get that first person that takes advantage of you or that first person that does you wrong. What, what I think you should realize is, is, A, you know, you just heard Alex talk about how he got fucked over by multiple different people. But those things forced him to learn all of these skills. And in the process of going down this with good faith, he was able to develop his sales skills. He was able to develop personal skills. He was able to develop his creative thinking skills and become much more successful because of it. So whoever, whatever it is you're dealing with out there, remember there's a lesson in it. And uh, also remember that if you continue to do good and you continue to do, do right, um, I believe that those people win. I like all the people I know that I'm friends with that are big winners financially. They, they are people who go above and beyond for people all the time and usually end up getting fucked over a lot, but they continue to do it. And I believe, I don't know if it's like karma or the universe or what it is, but somehow you keep being rewarded when you live like that, even though it's painful, it's a painful way to live because it would be easier to say, fuck everybody. I'm not giving you shit. You know, but dude, I still, even though I've been fucked over so many times, I still give when I see opportunities to fucking help. I have so many thoughts on, on this. Yeah. It's so a- like if, if you think about like people understand video games. So it's like if you were to make, if you're playing a video game and the, the way to win the game was to be make the most successful character, right? You would have probably a really character driven human being in terms of like they'd be patient, you know, they, they'd be hardworking. They, like you think about all these traits that they would have, right? Mm-hmm. They'd probably be tough emotionally, like, et cetera. All right, cool. That's the character. And that's the person who's going to be really successful. We can all probably agree on that. Okay. How do you create someone who's patient? How do you create someone who's tough? How do you create someone who, right. So all of a sudden, if we had to then engineer the game in order to boost those points, we'd have to get them beat up a lot so that they could get tough. We'd have to make them wait a long time so they could become patient. And so to the point that you made about like these people who become really successful have these traits and also share the fact that they've been through all this shit. It's like, well, they got the trait from the shit and then the trait was the ultimate output of the experience and that trait then made them super successful that they didn't have earlier because like you know what's crazy if you yeah. really think about that and break yeah. it down every time you do get fucked over you yeah. actually end up being the person that won yeah on a long enough time horizon yeah. you end like the person with the highest character wins on the longer on the longer time horizon um but on, on game theory, they've studied this in terms of givers, givers, matchers, takers. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but basically a matcher is somebody who's like tit for tat. You, you do something for me, I do something for you. You've got takers who just always want to take from everybody. Yeah. Then you've got givers, right? And so they like basically like adjusted how much giving versus taking like a bot had in an exchange and just played it out. And the perfect amount of give to take is an eight out of 10 giving to take ratio. So like if 10 out of 10 giving is like you're a social worker, you get walked all over, like you never, yeah. you never draw the line. Mm-hmm. The one at the one takers who just take for everybody, they win really quickly and then they but lose not very long. because right. they, they screw everyone over. They can't create any long term. They don't mm-hmm. get the compounding effect of doing business over and over and over again with people. The And the matchers and takers together never get the opportunities that the givers get because the givers give first. 
And so there's so many more doors that get open from an opportunity perspective by giving first. Yeah. And so like a lot, of, like in the tech world, they talk about um, surface area of luck. So like people are like, ah, oh, like that guy got lucky. You can actively increase the surface area, the likelihood that you become lucky by giving to more people. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, more doors are open because you knocked first. Yeah, it's practical. Right. It's really 100%. practical. Yeah. And so like, I, yeah, yeah, I, I love a lot that, of vote on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and 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 it it's an incredibly painful way to go through life, dude, because like yeah. I be, I be real, like at this point where I'm at, like I was this is what I was getting at is like I'm not interested in going through the uh I'm like the new network of and then trying to figure out like who the fuck is who, like yeah. Who who's who's the giver? Who's the taker? Who's the piece of shit? Like <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. Like I'm not interested in it. And a lot of people get upset with me because I don't really let people around yeah. me. They, but dude, you, you got to understand. I've been doing this for 24 years. This exact thing. I've been getting my ass beat by motherfuckers that pretend to be my friend over and over and over again. And I'm just over it. Like now, I just don't let people in. It's just what the fuck it is. Like if you're my friend now, you're my fucking friend. These dudes here, these are my fucking friends. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a couple dudes from the internet that I, t- you know, you and I know who they yeah. are. Yeah. Those are my friends. Outside of that, it's my brother, it's yeah. my dad, it's my wife, and that's fucking it. That's fucking it, man. I, Logic has a famous clip uh, where he was talking about how he stays out of trouble, and he's like, "Here's it is, real simple. Uh, I don't fuck with anybody. I don't fuck with anybody, and I mean it. I don't fuck with anybody. Like throw that shit in the show. It's a great clip. I actually have it. I'll send it to you, Joe, because I remember. I I watch it a lot, and he's like, "I'm not playing." I fucking stay at home. I play with my dog. I have my girl over. And that's fucking it. I don't fuck with anybody. And I'm like, do you feel like it's getting, I don't want to say harder, but you have to work harder to stay quote unquote normal as you're kind of. No, no, because I don't fuck with nobody. Yeah. I don't fuck with nobody like at all. Nobody. So it's very simple. I I stay at my house and it's just me my homies, my fiance, my, my little puppy. I just got, and I don't fuck with nobody. I don't go anywhere. I don't go to parties. I barely go outside. Like literally. I really don't go outside that much just because I don't, I don't fuck with nobody. That's smart dude right there. (laughs) It's a smart dude. And, uh, anyway, I love that whole, that whole take you have on it because that really helps me. That helps me to see that it is practical. It's not just this emotional beating that I take over Mm -hmm. and over. People give the most value win the most in the long run. It's just that they have to go through. And like, that's why those, those two theories kind of like coincide where it's like, you've got the character traits that create the success but the math behind it is like you just increase the surface area of your luck by giving to more people. Yeah. And in so doing, let's say if you give to 10 and you get screwed by two, you get, let's say the, the matcher was going to get five of those opportunities. It's just that those extra three opportunities where you didn't get fucked, mm-hmm. that over years and years and years, that's the thing that compounds and then just makes you unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But people are afraid of getting, people are afraid of getting taken advantage of. Or the first they, time they do right. it, they just quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. The first time it happens, just it's, it's a price. It's, it's the cost of the admission. Ticket. Yeah, it's yeah, the ticket. That's right, dude. It really is. And also, um, a word of advice is that if you are one of these people that helps a lot of people, um, and then you happen to get your name drugged through the mud for any reason, uh, don't expect them to stand up for you because they won't. Uh, and I've, I've yet, the only theory that I've been able to come up with on this, because I, it happens to me once in a while, by once a year, fucking once every two years, somebody fucking drags my name through the fucking mud. And all the fucking cockroaches come out. But yet none of the fucking people that I've actually done good shit say a motherfucking word about it. And I figured out why. The reason why is because they're embarrassed they needed the help in the first place. And they don't want to expose themselves for having needed the help that you actually Uh, offered them. Which I think is fucked up. 
I think that's fucked up. I think if people yeah. do good shit for you and you see people fucking dragging that person's name, you should fucking tell people what the fuck they did and be like, you know, you think whatever the fuck you want, but this is what actually happened. And that's just my two cents on that because yeah. it gets fucking annoying. But whatever, dude. Anyway, what's next? <laughs> I'm just saying, think, no, like, dude, good. it's like doing the right thing. Like yeah. Yeah. when people are good to you, tell people that they're good people. Yeah. When people aren't good to you, you know, fucking it is what it is. Don't do shit with them anymore. But like the common decency, and I think a lot of it has to do with the internet. Like everybody's protective of their brand now. Like motherfucker, yeah. most of y'all don't have a brand. Like you really don't. You got a fuck couple thousand followers. You think you got a personal brand. Nobody knows who the fuck you are and nobody cares who you are. So yeah. like, dude, do the right thing and actually stick up for people or tell people the truth or this or that. And the reality is those people will continue to look out for you. Like it's, it's very simple. And most people will also forget, like, let's say somebody got, came out of the woodwork and was like, no, man, Andy helped me out when yeah, I like, yeah. really needed it. Yeah. Andy will remember. Everyone else will forget about the instance anyways. Yeah. But you get, like, it's like the evening, the score. Like, I don't like to owe people shit. Yeah, I don't um, either. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't owe motherfucker anything. There is not right. a motherfucker listening to this fucking show. There is not a motherfucker on this planet that come to me right now and say I owe them a shit of fucking anything. No, you had the one guy. Who? who said you? Uh, who said you? Uh, he, he gave you uh, what, like sixty grand or something? Came who? to the lobby. You remember that guy? Oh fuck! Yeah, <laughs> that's different. Oh dude, yeah. I had a guy show up here who. Uh, and by the way, I felt bad for him. I did. Yeah. I felt bad for him too. Uh, hey, dumbasses! Uh, realize that I'm not soliciting you for fucking Bitcoin or I don't oh, even God. do. I don't even do this bad. shit. It was bad. I run real companies with real employees and we do real shit in real life. Like, I will never solicit an investment from you. You will never get a DM from me asking you to fucking go in on this deal. I don't, that's not what I do. We had this guy, this poor guy, dude. He, and he, yeah. he, he dude, it, it made me feel terrible. Yeah. He shows up here one day, dude, and he's like, yeah, man, like somebody pretended, he knew that at yeah. this point, like somebody scammed him and he's like, I, somebody pretended to be you and took 80 grand from me, bro. It's all yeah. I fucking had. Yeah. And like, I, like it was the most, it was the saddest, most awkward shit that I'd yeah. ever been a part of. Cause I'm like, dude, like, do you really think like I'm, and we're standing yeah. in this yeah. building <laughs> and I'm like, dude, do you really think like, look around here? Like, do you think I'm asking people for fucking money, dude? Like I'm yeah. not soliciting money, yeah. dude. And, um, he's like, well, it makes sense now, but I just wanted yeah. to believe it. So, like, for any of you guys to get those messages, bro, know that those people are full of shit because I don't even do that. I don't even communicate with DMs outside of, like, five people. So, I mean, it was sad, dude. And that goes double for anyone who's listening from my audience. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> because we're, because we're, we invest. Yeah. And so, it's like, even, so we have hundreds of accounts that are like, I've got a deal or like, hey, I'm doing this yeah. crypto trade or this Forex yeah. thing. And I'm like, guys. Yeah. Like, so we get, we get it all the time. So, I'm not DMing you, just FYI. Yeah, never. me neither. <laughs> I'm not. If you get six Hormoses or six Andes that automatically follow you when you follow us, like it's not us. <laughs> yeah, it's not, man. It's sad. Yeah. Dude, it makes me, it made me sad as fuck because I could, this dude was like really fucked up over it. Like yeah. you could tell it was like his Everything. whole, yeah. It made me, it, I still feel bad yeah. about it. It just makes me feel, dude, this is like, this is my whole bias against Instagram and Facebook and the internet. As much as I love the tools that we have both yeah. used and utilized, the fucking dark side of it is just so shitty, dude. Yeah. Like, it's so fucking predatory and, and disgusting. But that's a whole nother story. Yeah. We could talk about that for a fucking day. But, um, yeah, man, I like that. So, so how, did you get, how did you get into uh, where you're at now? Yeah. 
So, um, so after, you know, Jim Lynch had the, you know, started scaling up. Um, then we started a supplement company, Prestige Labs. Mm. And the exchange that I had with you, which I really do want to hit on, even though your audience has probably heard it, I want to tell how it no, impacted me. Yeah. Um, Prestige Labs was our supplement company that we sold through that distribution base of gyms. So yeah. at that point, I think we, I think, I think at that point, I think we had just like just under 2,000 gyms that had licensed the stuff. Now it's like 5,000 plus. But at that point, we launched it in 2019. And then in 2020, we launched our software that basically just worked gyms for brick and mortar businesses. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was for gyms, um, but we realized it actually worked for any any kind of service business yeah. like hair salon, whatever. Yeah, any kind of foot traffic business. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of the, the, the two kind of spinoff businesses that we had uh, from Gym Launch. Uh, in 2021, we sold... Uh, all three of those businesses. So Prestige Labs and Gym Launch, we sold together to American Pacific Group, which is a private equity firm out of uh, San Francisco. And then um, I sold that for uh, 46.2 million. We still have to um, 33% of the company. Um, and then the software, we did an all stock deal with a much bigger strategic mm-hmm. partner. We had mm-hmm. a better monetization system than them, but they had a way bigger distribution base. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're fixing to sell it in like you know, three or four or five years. Yeah. So you sold 33 on that? No, I I have thirty three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two thirds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good though. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, your your second payout is gonna be more than the first one. Yeah, because they're putting a big tech play. They're building a, a yeah. CRM out, yeah. and then they're gonna own the payment processing for all the gyms, and yeah. that's gonna like yeah. murder it. I fucking love it. And that's their playbook. Yeah. And I was like, you know what, I'm I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I am now, but I wasn't then. And so I was like, cool, run that run that play. I want to do this thing. And that's when uh, in 2020 we started. Our, we did our first kind of like personal investment which was that photography studio uh, it was a single location guy somehow made his way on my calendar don't do this um and <laughs> I get it. yeah and uh but like i could like you know you like you can read a person real like i could tell how he was talking the way he was carrying himself like all the stuff i was like this is a nice guy yeah he was like i'm so sorry i did this i did like he's like yeah blah 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 he's like but i read your book I did everything that was in the book. I took my photography studio from like 400 grand to 1.6 million a year. Like, yeah. See, so you're, so you're willing to give a little bit for guys like that. Right. When he starts yeah, like that, and, I, and like, I knew that he wasn't, he wasn't pulling it out of his ass. Yeah. Like he, I knew he'd, he'd, I'd, I recognized his name. He'd yeah. DM me a couple of times of like, yeah. thanks so much, whatever. And so anyways, turns out he has this uh, photography studio. It's Enchanted Fairies. Um, and I'll tell you the story because I think it's really cool. Enchanted Fairies? Yeah. All right. Let's give him a plug. Brand. Enchanted yeah. Fairies. What's up? <laughs> He had uh, a daughter who got told uh, at school to shut up and she stopped talking for like months. Holy shit. Yeah. And so what ended up happening was like they tried to, you know, all this different stuff, try and get her to talk, couldn't do it. And so what they did was they um, set up these sets because they're photographers, right? Of how like of a storyline where she is the hero of her own story and she finds her voice. That's like kind of like a, and so they made it into a, a picture book and read it to her every night. She started talking again. And so I was like, wow, that's really cool. Because like kids, like everybody, yeah. stories are what influence the way we see the world. Yeah. And so they had a visual, but it was like not just any story. It was a story with her pictures of her being the hero. Yeah. And they donate a that, third man. of their profit to charity every year towards kids. Like they're yeah. like good people. Yeah. And so anyways, he told me this whole thing. And I was like, yeah, like, um, yeah, I'm in. Like, what, you know, how can I help? Right. And so um, we invest in the company and now we have 38 locations. Um, that's fucking you know, awesome. 30 man. months later. And um, so yeah, 30, so so one location, yeah. And how many months? Thirty-eight months. Thirty-eight locations. We 30, had, I think it's been thirty months. It was June of twenty twenty. So whatever that is until now. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. And I so like that, that guy's went holding well. onto his fucking hat. 
What? I said he's holding on to his hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's been, it's like seeing, building that with them has been so cool and yeah. awesome. And then we're like, man, uh, let's do another one of those. So we did, we did two more deals that year. Um, and both of those went really, really well. Yeah. Um, to the same degree of growth as kind of that one did. And so that's why this is the topic I thought would be, uh, there's two different ways. One, I want to talk about the Prestige Labs thing because I learned a ton from you about all the things I did wrong. And I think it'd be useful for the audience. Um, but uh, in terms of the reason we ended up selling was because I enjoyed that so much. Um, and I, you probably maybe you probably have more patience than I do because I I felt like I'd been in the gym industry for a decade. And yeah. I was like, I'm just... I don't want to be the gym guy. No, that I was get my it. Thing. I don't I want to be it. the gym. You guy. know what keeps me here, dude? Yeah. It's it's the it was the per perspective switch. It was wh yeah. when I went from so like, dude. I it's happened for me in 2014 when I went from someone who was trying to become wealthy, which at this point I was at, at that time, um, to someone who was trying to help our own team and yeah. our own people. Like it became mission focused. Yeah. That's where, like, dude, I love coming here, bro. Yeah, like I love, like, do we have we have you know, 10, 12 people a week that walk through here that have lost a hundred, 200 pounds, changed their whole fucking life. I don't know anywhere else where you can do that. Yeah. You know, and you get to talk to these people and, and dude, I'm here with all these people who, who care about that. Yeah. You know, it's just a cool environment to be around yeah. and I, I fucking love it. And that's what keeps me in it. But I do, I do also thoroughly enjoy the small business phase of growth, yeah. like going from one yeah. to many. I yeah. fucking love that. Yeah, it's the rocket ride. I miss that shit, dude. Yeah, because that's what I mean. Yeah, this is a different game you than thirty eight X now. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, over it's maybe not the comparable. Next, yeah, yeah, right. It's yeah, not a thing. yeah. Uh, this is, we went we went through the small business, yeah. we went through the medium business. Now we're learning the large business, which yeah. is cool because I'm learning new. Yeah. I'm learning new things, right? Uh, I never ran a fucking company this big. Yeah. Um, but dude, I'm telling you, man, like my sweet spot is right where, where you're talking about. I fucking yeah. love that shit. I love. I love the helping people go from like, like I got a buddy of mine, Alex Spinozo, who uh, you may recognize him from the internet. He's all over the internet. He's got a, a good personal brand too. Um, he started with us in Arte, uh, you know, 2018 or 19, whenever we started. He, if, we go to, if we go to my house later on, I'll show you. But he sent me his millionth dollar that he made. So like, you know how most people will say, oh, oh I got that's my cool. first dollar. Yeah. He sent me his millionth dollar. Yeah. And that he made. Yeah. And uh, a note and I framed it. And I got it in my, in my uh, lounge in my garage, which is where I spent a lot of my time. Yeah. And then uh, he sent me a, he sent me a video message just the other day. Um, and it was just so fucking cool, dude. Like this, this, he sent me a dollar a, a while ago. This is a couple of years ago. Send me a message the other day. Now, this guy at this point in time, like he's very conservative. He's not yeah. like a guy that makes a million bucks, goes and spends it. Right. Yeah. But he, you know, he's a car guy, like I am. And I know you're not, but, <laughs> but, uh, I am. And he sent me this video of this car that he built before that he built himself and he was talking about it. And then he's like, and dude, and, and, and then today I bought this and he bought a, a fucking brand new McLaren. Oh. Okay. And like, bro, I was just like, this is the fucking shit. Like yeah. this is this is the shit. This is what I love doing. And whether it's with, you know, changing their life with fitness or weight loss, or whether it's economically with entrepreneurship, that's the shit I love. I love that shit. Um, so I'm a little bit jealous about what you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah. Seeing, I mean, watching someone's perspective shift around the world. I think whether it, like you said, w you know, weight loss. Yeah. Even some people were like, you know, religious, and they get people into that. Yeah. yeah. Or, or economically, like when you see, like I think at the end of the day, like the reason that I fell in love with Layla was that. 
she saw the world the same way as me. And yeah. I felt like that was really rare. Mm -hmm. Like, I was like, so you see that too, right? Like this guy is a total. And she's like, yeah, yeah, total piece of shit. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. So you see that too. Yeah. I was like, okay. Oh yeah. They're only doing that. Not because they like you. They're trying to get this up. So she's yeah. like, yeah. I was yeah. like, I just like, I felt like this huge I, I, weight where I'm like, I felt you're alone. not the only person. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know you're not I mean? the only one that thinks like that. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big thing I'm thankful for, for the people that listen to my show. Yeah. Cause I know like, like I know I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm very aware. <laughs> Like, I'm very fucking aware. Like you guys don't have to remind me. I know. Uh, I live my life this way the whole time I've been alive. Um, but the people who consistently listen to the show and don't like, like, they don't think I'm crazy. You know what I'm saying? I fucking love that. It's one of the things I'm most thankful for. That's why I continue to do the show, honestly, because yeah. like some of the things aren't fun to talk about. Yeah. You know, coming on here every day and talking about what the fuck is going on with these crazy motherfuckers in the world. Yeah. It wears you out. Yeah. But uh, finding people with that consistent worldview, bro, and that perspective yeah. is fucking massive, dude. And to the audience, I mean, just to give you some um, confirmation, like if you if you think differently than your immediate family or your friends or whatever your hometown is, like one, you probably don't want to be normal because if you take what normal means and put it across all aspects of life, it means that you're going to die at 74. You're probably going to be overweight. You're going to, you know be divorced mm -hmm. <laughs> uh you're gonna not really achieve anything that you want like that's normal mm -hmm. and so it makes sense that you would be the odd man out because most people live that life and so like that was something that gave me a lot of permission to like be me which was not normal in a mm -hmm. lot of and that's okay because i mean like ordinary versus extraordinary means that you are not <laughs> and so like if andy's sharing stuff on here that are different beliefs about the world then it would make sense because like if he's in the 0.001 percent of earning potential then it means that he sees reality differently than you and i think it's the same reason that people who are billionaires can lose it all and then get it right back and the reason that you can't is because you don't see reality clearly hence the name of the show <laughs> You know, I didn't even like yeah. didn't even connect, but like, yes, yeah. that's it's about being a realist. It's distortion. Yeah. Right? It's moving the emotion outside of the yeah. facts and making decisions based on the facts. Yeah. And and I feel like that's a tool that has become less and less and less common yeah. with more and more and more Internet and more and more and more, yeah. um, you know, propaganda in terms of uh, making people believe that their feelings are yeah. what actually matter and right. how you should make decisions in reality. That's yeah. not, especially in business, that's yeah. not going to get you very far. It's going to get you broke. Yeah. So I appreciate that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Thank you for that. I just, I just like, uh, that feeling of loneliness makes you normal in the right rooms. Yeah. Rather yeah, than the dude, room that you're fuck in. Yeah. That's exactly right. Like, dude, you get around people, yeah. you know, you, you know, you know how it is. <laughs> like, like, dude, and that's, that's something for a lot of you guys listening to, like, you may never have been in those rooms, right. like ever. But I'm telling you, like when you, when I go in a room, none of the motherfuckers think I'm crazy. Yeah, it, real talk. They might think I'm I I talk too much, but they don't think I'm crazy. Also, the many losses that you're probably going through right now, if you're in your rocky cutscene, like if you remember that video game thing, it's like, well, then you're just you're tinkering away, you're chiseling away at the character traits that are going to make you successful. Yeah. And in those rooms that Andy's referencing, like I don't know trying to say this the right way but like game recognized game and i don't mean that in an egotistical way but more so like how the other people in that room see the world the things that we're talking about giving earlier like all the guys who i know are the wealthiest in the world will do will bend over backwards Bro, for you totally. you know what i mean yeah um it's but, completely the opposite yeah. of what the perception <laughs> is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the perception is everybody that's rich is a piece yeah. of shit my perception of it now that might be true for people that inherit, inherit the money totally different could be yeah but 
But my perception is people who have actually built their yeah. own wealth yeah. are usually, these are the fucking nicest, best people. And that's the reason they became wealthy. Yeah. They had to develop those ways of getting along with people over and over and over again, because if you don't have leverage in the beginning, which you don't, you have to overcompensate by being a great person, opening more doors by giving first yeah. and getting screwed. Yeah. And if you think about it that way, where it's like, okay, I have to give to lots of people for an extended period of time. And I have to stomach the fact that I'm going to get screwed. Like you're going to get screwed. You have mm -hmm. to stomach it. But if you realize that that's the necessary cost in order to develop the trait and open the doors that you don't get screwed, then you just have to see that as the, as the ticket. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that for me, that was like, a very big unlock for realizing that like when I got into those rooms, I was like, oh, I'm it not is the, only the ticket. Person. Yeah. It's the ticket. Yeah. It, getting your ass kicked and getting screwed over over and over and over again and continuing to show up, continuing to push through, continuing to get creative and figure out the solution. That is the price of admission to that higher level that you're trying yeah. to build. It, it's not the abnormality. It is the norm for that level that you're going for. And while it may feel like it's abnormal because it is right. And the normal human being kind of keeps themselves. Right. They're not overly generous. They're not mm. overly greedy. Yeah. They might give some to the church. They might give five bucks to the homeless guy yeah. or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when you have the means to make a difference and you continue to use your means to make a difference, there's going to be 80% of those people that don't appreciate it along the yeah. way. And that fucking sucks. It really does suck. And I'm not looking for a tinker tape parade or yeah. anything, but just like, I don't know, don't pile on, you know, yeah. like don't make it fucking harder. Like, I mean, and, and unfortunately, but fortunately, unfortunately, and fortunately, uh, it fucking hurts, but fortunately it teaches you a whole lot. And I, I truly am bought into that mindset, yeah. you know, cause DJ asked me, you know, uh, we're, we're together all the time and he, you know, he sees this a lot, yeah. right? Like he sees me do things. Yeah. He, He's, he knows all the secrets. Like he knows the things yeah. that I've done and then sees those people do those things that aren't good. And he's like, why the fuck do you do that, bro? And I'm like, well, look at my life, dude. Yeah. Like I'm doing something right. So like, I really don't want to fuck with the recipe. Like it's going well. I want to give a tactical tip. Yeah. So when I, you know, joined these networking groups and stuff early on, like that gym owner group, things mm -hmm. like that. Um, this is how you can employ that like in the real world. What I did was I reached out to every single person that was in the network. And what I did was I pretended they were a client of mine. And I had certain skills. Like for me at the time when I was starting out, the only thing I knew how to do was write sales scripts, build sales processes. So I offered every single person to go review all of their sales scripts, review their sales processes. And I did it like it was an actual project that I got paid for. Mm -hmm. And so I'd hop on the phone and I would have pages of notes, how I'd rewrite everything. And they were like, whoa, dude, like I thought you were just going to give me a couple of like, dude, this, what you want them to say is this is too much. Mm -hmm. Dude, this is too much. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mosey Nation, quick break just to let you know that we've been starting to post on LinkedIn and want to connect with you. All right, so send me a connection request and note letting me know that you listen to the show and I will accept it. If there's anyone you think that we should be connected with, tag them in one of my or Layla's posts and I will give you all the love in the world. All right, so let's get back to the show. Because what happens is you stack something, you get an IOU, which is incredibly valuable, and it's one-sided. Like you now gave them something and that can come in handy later down the road. And for me, those are the things that I cashed in when I didn't know how to run Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. right? Like I learned something from that guy, but later on I needed a, a way deeper understanding mm -hmm. than the one weekend workshop that yeah, I yeah. did. And 
I hopped on with a, a, a person and I had hopped on with plenty of others who have never given me anything back, comma, and that's okay. Because when I did need something, I did have somebody in my phone book where I was like, oh, I did that thing. I wonder if I could hit, I wonder if they'd help me out with this yeah. thing. And so what happens is you basically plug into everyone else's network and skills by giving first. Now, some of them aren't going to return the favor, but you're net positive on everything. Because if they don't return the favor, one, that's fine. Two, they're not going to have anything bad to say about you. Now, obviously, there's pieces of shit for sure. No, no, but no. Like, but and, 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 and it is okay. Yeah. It is okay if they never give back. Right. Like, like because, dude, keep going. I don't, yeah. sorry, I interrupt. No, I know you, where you're yeah, going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, like, most entrepreneurs, we say we want to make an impact and help people. It's like, well, that's what that looks like. If you give something to someone and they don't give anything back, then it means you just gave to someone. That's it. Great. Yeah. But congratulations. And if you talk about personal brand, wouldn't that be the brand that you'd want to build, anyways? Yes. And so, I got into this other networking group and they invented an award for me, uh, which was the uh, member of the year. They never did it, but they were like, dude, we just want everyone to do what you did, which is like I hopped on to every single person and I took every single call and I treat it. And this is the big point here is that, like you don't go on and show up at the call and then start thinking about their problem. You do homework before the call. Like it's amazing. Bro, how you much- just tweeted this. Yeah. You just tweeted this yesterday. Yeah. It was, uh, it w- was you could become incredibly you become infinitely more smart by just 20 minutes of preparation before the call or something like that. Yes. It's the truth. You'd be amazed how much. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly Isn't that. Isn't that what you like, said? Something yeah, like that? It's exactly yeah. that. Like how much more intelligent you can seem with 20 minutes of prep. Yeah, dude. That was gold. That's dude. it. Yeah. Because you've been, because you've done yeah. it, right? I had a call with somebody and like a lot of you guys probably ask Andy and I get this question all the time. They're like, how do I network with people who are above me? Yes. Right. It's a hard question. So number one is you don't ask them what value can I provide you? Because now you're asking me to do homework to figure out what you can do for me. That's me doing work, which I can just keep living my life. What you do is you do the hard work of figuring out what can you provide to me that you have? And then instead of offering it, you do it and then give it to me. And I'm not telling you to do that for me. I'm telling you this is how I did it. This is how it works. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you have someone who's ahead of you, do whatever your niche skill. If you're a fucking carpenter, then build the most amazing table of all time and send it to somebody. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to get it and be like, this is too much. I can't believe somebody did this. And then what happens? (laughs) Hey, sound familiar? Does, doesn't it? That's how he's here. You're explaining how he got here. That's the game. Yeah. Like half the editors I have, they're like, hey, I, I went through all of your old clips that are on YouTube. I clipped 20 of these short reels. This is what I did. And they sent them all to my, you know, my creative director. And he was like, Oh, this kid's good. Now, mind you, if you're not good, that's also good feedback. And I will tell you this, that guy and most people would give you at least the time to tell you what you could do better because anyone will help someone who starts helping themselves. Anyone will help someone who takes initiative. And if you over deliver, and I'll tell you this, because when we're talking about that little room, that private room, the players recognize one another. And so like when I see the young guys coming up, the guys with the blue check mark and the Rolex and the like, this isn't, I'm not. No, yeah, right. yeah. <coughs> posing in front of the Lambo they rented for the day, right? Yeah, or whatever. I stopped doing that a few years ago. And by the way, they were never rented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like those people only impress people who don't know what players look like. Yeah, like we all know that that guy is not a player mm-hmm. because the guys who are players at their age and twenties and they're in their maybe thirties, whatever. Like right at that stage, like they're hungry. They're they're savages and they're in the grind and they're doing the work of giving first to as many people as they can over delivering, knowing that that goodwill will compound. And like, it's just like that, 
that single skill has served me so well because that's how I've been able to get into rooms that I didn't deserve to be in was by just saying like, okay, what am I good at that I can help this guy out with? Well, there's you've broken it down uh, masterfully, by the way, uh, to make it practical. But I also do believe that there's an energy aspect to this, dude. I believe, because like I, I live like that. Real talk. I, li- I live that way. I know you live that way too. Some of the things I can't explain though, like some of the good shit that's come back to me, I'm just like, this has to be for me consistently just doing this. And this is the word of mouth thing that I think is like wild. Like I, I, I continue to be inspired by how much word of mouth actually matters. Like mm-hmm. it just every year, I feel like it sets a new record in my mind for how important it is because people right now, like I see this all the time. People are like, it's all about <clears throat> influencers and whatever, like, and sure, like the tactics of ads and all this stuff, like that's great. But the only thing that is still viral is word of mouth. Like everything else is linear in terms of the relationship. Like if you spend a dollar in ads, you get X back. If you do a cold reach out, you get X back. If you do a hundred, you triple it, you a thousand it, it's a thousand to a thousand. Like whatever that relationship is, that ratio, it's fixed. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth is the only one that is exponential in nature. One tells two, two tells four, four tells eight. And so if you want to have an enduring business, you have to have the monster of word of mouth working for you rather than against you, who's building your reputation rather than eating it from underneath of your feet. And I think that like that stuff that you were talking about earlier where you're like, you're doing this goodwill and it's coming back to me. I just see that as like the invisible hand of the word of mouth that just like, I mean, you've had it happen a hundred times, I'm sure, which is like, you go and you meet somebody like, dude, my buddy saw you at an airport and you like stopped and answered his questions and whatever. Yeah. And and mind you, to be fair, if I'm like somewhere and I can't, it's the thing that bothers me the absolute most because sometimes I have to be placed. Me too, bro. I hate it. I yeah. hate it. So I feel like I'm just, dis- I'm like, I, I do too. I, I feel like, going. like, dude, I, one time, and actually I became really good friends with this guy because of that exact scenario, dude. I had a guy, his name was Roman. I'm still friends with him. Good fucking dude. Came up to me at a speaking event and I was like, I, he's like, Hey man, you got time? And I didn't. And yeah. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't. And, uh, and dude, he was like, he had been going through all this crazy, like really yeah. bad stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I, dude, it was bothering me like yeah. fucking bad, dude. Like, yeah. I, like I thought the whole time I was speaking, the whole time afterwards, I'm like, fuck, I gotta find that dude because yeah. I got time now. Yeah. And weirdly enough, uh, I was at another event and I fucking ran into the guy, and I was able to apologize and say, yeah. hey, dude, I'm like, and he was like, you know what, dude? I actually that really like, really made me mad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, bro, I I get it. I yeah. I felt bad about it. Yeah. You know, but that shit bothers me too, brother. And I think that for the audience, I think the, the bigger take, like sure the tactics that we're sharing right now are, are like useful, but I think the biggest thing is like the perspective of there was that person that bothered Andy enough that it kept kept him up at night. And I think that if you if you can develop whatever that is where it's a splinter, because it's those thousand splinters that become the bundle that becomes very a very strong stick that you can wield or it's wielded against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and like for me, like I think about the products we built, right? In the same way where the only way to build an enduring company is either to, to, to sell stuff that people never stop buying from you or to build a company where people never stop selling for you. Those are the only two ways to build an enduring business that just continues to thrive over and over again. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of these guys who is, and like I get the get, because I actually came from the direct response world of like understanding how the arbitrage of like ads and That's all these That's where I started media. too, bro. That's where I started when I was 18. Right, because you think I was writing, right? I was yeah. writing fucking classified ads for a credit booklet that I wrote. <laughs> Credit repair booklet. Yeah. I was writing classified ads to put in fucking newspapers. Yeah, yeah. Like we didn't have the internet. <laughs> you know, I'm a little older. <laughs> um, but the uh 
But what happens is as you scale, you're because I'm, I'm going to get a little bit of higher level business, but hopefully you guys will ride with me. Yeah, they'll get it. So as you scale advertising spend, you go to colder and colder audiences, meaning there's people who have less trust and they're honestly less of a fit than the warmest. Like if I, if I was like, I'm going to only market to vegan powerlifting women who are moms over whatever, and I had a, par- a product that was just for them, I'm probably going to do okay. But if I'm a market to the nation, there's just a less of a fit with my product. And so what happens is your cost to acquire a customer goes up because ad costs will only go one way for the rest of time. They will go up. And your conversion on future audiences that are colder will only go one way, which is down. So how do you combat two things that are inevitably going against you? You have to have one thing that is nonlinear in nature that fights that fight, which is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Because that when that one customer comes in and tells five people, it allows you to continue to scale because you have decreased cost of acquisition. I'm getting a little bit like no, no, you know, keep business going. stuff yeah. here. But like, it's the only way that it gets big. If what you want, if you want to grow something big, then having the strong word of mouth base, which is why like, you can get into transactional sales stuff. Sure. If you know how to market, you know how to sell, you can become a millionaire. Like you can absolutely do it. You can probably become a decamillionaire um, just by like learning how to sell shit. And I'm using shit in the true poop word. Yeah, like, like terrible, widgets. yeah, terrible right. stuff that doesn't, right. doesn't matter. Right. But if you want to achieve a certain level of scale, my recommendation is to continue to do the thing at a scale way below your friends until you figure out a way to get everybody who buys stuff from you to tell a friend. Like if, this is a mental um, exercise I like putting people like our, our portfolio CEOs through. I said, okay, the marketing gods have decided that you are no longer allowed to market anything. And they eliminate all of your customers except for one. And every single customer from this point going forward has to come from that one customer. How do you treat that customer? And what happens is you start thinking like, well, shit, I would do this differently. I would do this differently. It's like, well, then do that stuff. And then what you'll see is that the result you get from the remaining, the remaining efforts of your advertising will compound rather than continue to go linearly in the wrong direction. They compound in the right direction. And so like, this has been something that's taken me too long to learn. And I'm trying to like ram this right now because, I, because the biggest mistake that I made with Prestige Labs, which is my supplement company, I'm glad we wrapped around, um, was that I treated the supplement business purely transactionally. I did everything that I'm telling you that I not to do. I did it. That's why I'm telling you that it didn't work. <laughs> is that it And by was, the way, that's the norm for the supplement industry. Right. 100%. So it's not like you were doing something abnormal. That's the norm. It, yeah. It, it, another normal example of yeah. like, hey, if everyone else is doing it, it's probably not the best idea. But anyways, um and so I I basically built the whole brand off of transactional sales and teaching how to hardcore close because that was a skill I had. So I was like, okay, I'm going to hit it with my sales hammer because that's like yeah. everything looks like a sales hammer when you're good at sales. And so I taught all the scripts, all the processes, how to set up the lobbies, how to like how to get assumed closes and how to get people on subscriptions, all that stuff, right? But the thing is, is that I like it actually happened with first form. So this is a plug for you. A close friend of mine um, was a first form athlete, right? And uh, I was like, dude, sell Prestige Labs. It wasn't because I was, you know, no, I get it. it's like we didn't even know each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, sell my stuff. And 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 uh, and the commission that I was paying was significantly higher. And I was like, and I'll give you the special homie. To, like, I just like, yeah. come on, I, like we're going to dinner. Let's be on the same team. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. All the time. Yep. And the thing is, is that he continued to he and haw. And to this day, he still sells first form. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't get it. Cause I knew, cause I did have this really super doctor, like make all the products mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like make them accept like that part. I felt very strong about, and I knew my commissions were higher. Mm-hmm. So I was like, the products are very good and the, you get paid more. And I just like, I couldn't compute, which meant that I had a distortion of reality. I 
saw the world in a way that it wasn't. And that hurt my business. And so when you're taking these lenses off and like Andy's squeegeeing your eyeballs, right? Yeah. So you can see things more clearly. The thing that I missed was actually the soft stuff. It was the brand stuff. I actually, my, my creative director sent me a podcast, my eighth podcast of all time. I'll tell you the title. Stop branding. Because I felt so confident about the fact that I was like, you don't need a brand. I was like, you need to run ads. You need to do cold and cold call yeah. or cold outreach. Yeah, like, see, you're the you, guy I'm yeah. talking to. Yeah. You're the dude I'm talking to <laughs> saying, hey, use those skills to build a brand. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I didn't get it. And the fir- like, and what's happened is it's like brick by brick, my belief in this first was like, okay, brand and the direct response stuff and no- knowing the hand-to-hand are equally important. But the longer I've been doing this, and you've been doing it longer than me, the more I'm just like, it's just brand over everything. Because mm-hmm. if the brand's right, everything else follows. Mm-hmm. And the reason that he didn't come over to quote my team was because like I had no brand or I had a negative brand, whatever you want to say. It, but like I didn't have a brand that was the strongest for some. He didn't want to associate his brand with my brand. Got it. And that was the thing that I, that I, I just missed. I didn't get it. Yeah. And so as soon as I learned that lesson and it took me selling the companies and doing all this stuff to like really reflect like, what could I have done better? Like, that's why we built acquisition.com. And I was like, I've, so if you think about getting customers, right, there's like eight ways you can do it. You can, you can reach out to your friends and family individually. You can reach out to strangers individually. You can post content or you can run paid ads. Those are the four things that one person can do. Leveraging other people, you can get referrals. So you get customers to tell people. You get affiliates. So you get other people who have businesses to refer their customers to you. You can hire agencies to go get your customers or you can hire employees to do the first four, mm-hmm. right? Those are the only ways that pe- like you can get new, new customers. And I had built a business off of every one of them except for off of content. And so I was like, with acquisition.com, I'm going to build it off context. I don't know how to do it. So I'm mm-hmm. going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it was only through building content that I understand that it was all about brand. Yeah. And what's weird is that when you do start building a brand or a personal brand, you realize if you do, in my opinion, if you do it the quote right way, which is just give and you give and you give and you give and then you take a breath and you give and you give and you give and you give and you're like, wait, should I? Nope. You keep giving, you keep giving. And there's a, there's a popular saying uh, that Gary has, which is like uh, give, give, give. Sorry, no. He says- uh, Jab, 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 right hook. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Jab, 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 right hook, right? I think that that's actually the perfect ratio for a mature platform. So if you actually look at television- the uh, add to uh, give ratio, which is the content, the, the actual shows, is 47 minutes to 13 minutes. It's jab, 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 it's right hook. Three quarters, if yeah. you look at Facebook, which is a mature platform, it's three news, news feed uh, like from your friends and family or whatever, and then an ad. So that is the ratio for when you're maintaining your current level. But if you look at the platforms that are trying to grow, what is TikTok? Or when they were growing, what, they didn't have any ads. They just, it was all content. Give. It was all give. Right. And so... The, the nuance, at least how I understand it for that strategy, if you're trying to build a brand, is give, give, give until they ask, which means that you just keep giving. And if yeah. no one's asking you, just keep fucking giving. Yeah. And in my opinion... Bro, that's my whole strategy. Yeah. Yeah, as a person. All the players. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> We're t- like... So there's... I, you've seen these ads in the direct response where they're like, the, the secret, the 1% don't want you to know. It's horseshit. There is no secret. But there are things that the 99% refuse to believe. Yeah, dude. Dude, big facts on that. That's fucking gold. <laughs> and so, like, and and, and I, I say this stuff because it because it, I went like you. I felt so much pain for such a long time because I just didn't understand the way the world worked, especially as it related to business. Yeah. And so, like, if you can build the brand when you actually do it, as I've now you know been doing it, like, you realize that you were wrong before. Like, I can just tell you yeah. clear as day. You know that this is the right way to do it, and it's slower. 
and you eat shit for a year or two years or three years of you building it. And what you're doing is you're finding your voice, you're figuring out your values, and you're learning how to actually deal. Because if every person who comes to you only came from just consuming value from you ahead of time, the type of the customer is different, how bought in they are, they share your values. And so it actually builds this base that becomes a pillar that you just keep that just keeps expanding on That's your right. behalf. And it becomes kind of like it's so little, it's too little for you to notice until it becomes too big for you to ignore. Right. Like that's how compounding works. If you start, you know, you invest in the SP 500, $100 every month, it becomes tiny. And then all of a sudden it becomes unstoppable. You know what's crazy, dude, is, you know, I, I don't run ads on this show, not even yeah. for my own shit, yeah. you know. And when we poll people as to why they come buy our products, yeah. it's one of the highest fucking polling things. You know what I'm saying? They can listen to the show. Yep. I don't ever talk about first form, I don't ever talk about any of the other things I do. Except in passing, but I give my shit away for free. Yeah, like like it's like, you, it's, dude, you and I share that opinion. Give your best shit away for free. I fucking do it. You know, give what away I mean? the secrets. Yeah, just give away all the secrets. So like, my- there's more tactical stuff that I can't really talk. Like yeah. like like when you start saying like, dude, this is higher level. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's level level level. Yeah, right. And like, I'm not gonna have podcasts about that, or I'm talking to this many people. Yeah, but uh. Dude, that's how I live, man. Yeah. It really is. People are like, why don't you, why don't you take ads? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Because like, dude, that's like, I know that if I come on and and share with you guys and help you guys, you yeah. guys help me back. And I, I think it's cool. I think it's a, it's, it's a not, it's human nature. There's actually yeah. science behind it. Yeah, it's I'm sure you know it too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the interesting things that was a big belief breaker for me was um, I was actually really against making content for a long time. And mm. it was because I actually saw the content as uh temporary. And I'm big mm. on like long-term stuff. Mm. And so I was like, why would I make a short video that's going to disappear in the newsfeed and never get seen again? Like it just felt like a complete waste of time. But what I realized was that the media is not the compounding asset. The audience is the compounding asset. Mm. And so you feed the content to the thing that compounds over the long run. And that was like, it sounds so stupid that like, or so simple, whatever, painfully obvious. I didn't get it. So that was why for years I never made it because I was like, why would I make content? Because it's going to disappear. Mm -hmm. It's like, but the audience doesn't. And they're the people who tell two people or four people, et cetera. And then that becomes the base. And like, I'm, I'm sharing this right now because like it took me too long to figure it out. Dude, I, I, I think it's everything. And, and I talk to a lot of business owners too uh, who have an existing business, right? They have, see, here, here, here's the thing. This is what I'm, I'm thankful for in my own journey is that I did start before the internet was around. I did start before social media was even a thing. And that lesson that you talked about where you say, okay, you only have one person, that yeah. was literally how I did it. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm not exaggerating. That was literally like the first day of fucking business, I saw one person. Second day, I saw zero. Third day, I saw another person. That person bought $23. Took me eight fucking months to have a day of $200. Uh, recently had a buddy who started his own business he did $1,000 his first day. And he's like, is that good? I'm like, bro, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's good. <laughs> like, um, but did, before the internet, that was the real thing. That was the really how you did it. Like, that's how you do it. And so I try to communicate consistently and have over the, you know, the greater, you know, uh, scale or course of my content over the years to make people understand that concept and that how, how amazing our opportunity is now with technology, if you can grasp that concept and you can translate it to, to this, yeah. dude, you're fucking on it. And like these people, they get, they, they get so greedy with the idea of I can gain 
100 customers or 500 customers or 1,000 customers off a post or a sale or a this or that. Motherfucker, you're missing the boat. You only need one. And you should pour everything into that one as if it's the only one. And if you do that across the spectrum of your entire, now you have a machine that is compounding excellent story about you, a legend, word of mouth, however the fuck you want to call it, that's going to grow your business. And dude, so many of these people that have these smaller businesses, they're like, fuck, that sounds like a lot of work, bro. Blah, blah, blah. Dude, you, you're seeing, you're, you, you see 50 people a day. Do you know what you can do with 50 people a day if you actually pour into them? Oh, yeah. Like, it's insane. And I've lived it, so I know. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember, like, I went from one customer to zero customers. <laughs> and dude, uh, 10 years into our business, we still had days where we would have stores that wouldn't see anybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, but once we figured this out, like truly figured this out, everything fucking changed. Everything. We went in the worst economy up until 2020 yeah. that had ever existed between 2008, yeah. 2012. And um, it's all on the simple concept of what we're talking about, dude. It's, it's giving first. It's creating experience for people that is worth sharing. Um, you know, unloading value over value over value over value to the point where they feel obligated to use you, right? Um, Which is what you're saying when they ask, right? Like when they say, dude, like when you were- How can I support you? Yeah, dude. Hey, run my car for five grand. Yeah. Like that's that, dude, I have so many people that hit me up and I appreciate the fuck out of all you guys. They're like, what can I do? What can I do? Just support my shit. Like that's all I ask. Like if 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 you're going to get in shape, use our shit. If you're going to, you know- uh, Whatever, whatever business, you yeah. know, like just support the people that give. And um, I think it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's very, once you figure that out and it clicks, yeah. it's real simple. And it actually yeah. gets fun too, because yeah. it's fun. Feels good. Yeah. One, dude, it, it feels fucking great. One of my favorite things about business is not the big business. It's not the money, dude. It's not like once you start, once you have enough money, it's like, there's a, there's a, there's diminishing returns to have yeah. more. For me, that was when I could go to a restaurant and not look at the bill. Dude, okay, see, I would order appetizers. Yeah, dude, <laughs> R- really? Yeah, you being serious? A hundred percent, bro. This this moment, my I explained this on the show, so you guys that listen, you know this is true because I said this a hundred times. My 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 point to where it became diminishing returns. Like people think it's like my car collection, right? Because yeah, yeah. I'm a huge car guy. I have a great collection. Um, that's just my Hot Wheels, bro. Like, that's just me yeah. as a kid living out my, you know, little fucking Hot kid. Wheels. Yeah, yeah dude, it's cool. <laughs> I fucking like it. If you don't get it, that's fine. You don't get it. Some of my best friends in the world. It's great for networking. You meet some of these people that you would never meet otherwise. There's lots of pluses, very little minuses. It's cool as fuck to roll up in some badass shit. All right. Um, but the point is, is that when you start to uh, like consider how much joy you get back for making more money. For me, dude, it was very simple. It was being able to go to dinner with whether it just be me and you or whether it be this whole room or whether it be this whole company. It didn't fucking matter. We go to dinner. You go order whatever the fuck you want and I don't have to look at the bill to pay it. That's after that, like to me, it made no difference. Like it doesn't. As long as I can do that. Dude, it, yeah. it was it, now after that it was diminishing returns. I yeah. mean, did it make a difference? Yeah, it fucking makes a difference. Like I can fly private and shit like that. That's cool. That's like mm-hmm. a time machine. I know you yeah. enjoy that too. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, and there's something to be said for that. Like, dude, I could stand in my living room and two hours later be in Manhattan. Yeah. You can't fucking do that without the means to do it. Like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. it's an incredible thing. You've experienced it quite a bit. Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> not bad. It's pretty <laughs> cool, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Go, commercial's tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. It's, uh, it is tough. Yeah. Because this, it, the disparity between the two right. is, it's, yeah. It's worth it's worth the effort. Get there. Yeah, the That's reason it's I'm priced saying. that way is because it's worth it. Um. But dude, the, it's yeah, no shit, dude. The funny thing is, is like it, it's it, after that, man. It becomes more like, what do you really enjoy doing? You know what I mean? Like, then it becomes a little bit more about the passion part of it. Like when you when you have the means, then you can be a little bit more luxurious with your decision making about passions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get some cushion on mistakes. Yeah, for sure. I want to hard close the audience on something. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about, you know, giving, making sure that the product is exceptional. Like, because we... So- Dude, those are, those are fucking... That's, those are automatics. You have to do that. Yeah. Like everything we're saying here, guys, <laughs> like there's certain prerequisites that have to be met. Like your product has to be fucking good. It has to be what you say it is. It has to wow people. When they open up this motherfucking first form energy can, which I'm not about to do an ad for, but if I was, <laughs> it would probably look something like this. Right, right, right. All right. But the point is, when they pop that shit open yeah. and they drink it, it has to be fucking good. If it's shit, you're, it doesn't matter how nice you are. And I'm going to sell you on why it's probably not. Because some people are like, well, yeah, my thing is that good. If it were that good. They'd be talking then, about it. And you, you wouldn't have an issue getting customers. Yeah. That's my point. Because like, I used to, I used to not like, I used to hear these speeches and these talks, people way mm-hmm. ahead of me. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. My stuff's good. My stuff's great. I just need more customers. Right. It was always the, the, the thought process, but like every guy who's ex- like the best lawyers, they don't need to market. In fact, they have a waiting list and it's impossible to get in there. Best investment advisors, they have a waiting list. It's impossible to get into them. Like if you're very, very, very good, you don't have a lack of customers. Charlie Munger said the next customers is on your desk. It's the work in front of you. And so like, Man. I love that because it's like, yeah. that's where the next customer is. He's like, it's doing the work that's in front of you and they will always come. But the hard close that I wanted to have on this with, uh, with product is if you actually, so we look at buying businesses, that's what we do, right? And so we have to analyze the value of a business all the time. And so you want something that compounds, all right? Because if you're trying to create wealth, every com- everything comes down to inputs to outputs, which is what do you put into a system and how much do you get out? And so the wealthier you get, you put less in and you get more out. And the one thing that all of us have is time. And so it's really like, how much more do you get back for your time? And so if you, se- if you have to sell, let's say 50 customers every single month, then as soon as you're selling that many customers, now if you have a super transactional relationship, right? If you do the same amount of marketing and every month you sell 50, it means that tomorrow or next month, the day you stop marketing, your company dies. That is not a very valuable business. No. And so if, if you sell 50 and then next month you sell 50 with the same marketing effort, but the other 50 come back, you now have a hundred. If you sell the same, and the thing is, is that the marketing effort can be linear in nature, meaning you do the same level of marketing, but every month you get more and more customers because you treated the first ones right. If you aren't growing and you're doing the same level of marketing, it means the product's not good enough. I'm trying to sell you on this because like I nodded along with so many times I'd listen to these things. And I'd be like, no, my product's good enough. The reality is that you're just not as good as you think you are. The market tells you. Yeah. The market tells you. It's what you said a minute ago. Uh, 99% of people, what'd you say? They won't believe, they've choose not to believe yeah. it. Yeah. The market fucking tells you, dude. Yeah. And, and if you, if you do have a business and you do have customers right now and you have the, 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 the fucking blessing 
of having people that are interested in your mediocre company right now, you should fucking understand that the way to really compound that is to improve your product and then improve the fucking story that they're going to tell about you Mm -hmm. by overwhelming them with goodwill and, and positive resources around what it is that they're trying to solve. I got criticized by a, I'll, I'll just leave the nameless. I got criticized yeah. because I spent uh, 3,500 hours with my editor in total. His hours first plus my hours for the book that um, that's that's coming out. Yeah. And they were like, what's the name of it? $100 million leads it's right, coming cool. out in a, in a few months. What? All right. Um, it's 99 cents. So <laughs> there's yeah. my there's my get rich quick plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I saw this with the first book because I spent a year writing that one too. And it was just me. And it made no sense. This is like, I had Jim Launch, I had Prestige Labs, I had Allen. We had the de- you know deals on the line. Like, I didn't, believe me, you don't make money on books. So I just throw it out there. Yeah. But what happened was, you can spend a year writing an exceptional book. And I'm talking like six hours every day is the first six hours of my day when I'm freshest, et cetera. Reworking only 160 pages, which is the first book, right? And my launch for the book was a post when I had 10,000 followers, which is not a lot of followers. I just was like, hey, I wrote this book. Layla told me I should post it because I was actually going to make it an internal like document. Like mm-hmm. this is how we think about making offers for all the, the, the companies. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, like publish it. And I was like, fine. So I published it. And from that day on, we have no ads. We have no anything to like promote the book specifically. And it sells more each next month than it did the month before. Every month. And it's now been 20 months, I think, since $100 million offers came out. And now it sells twenty five to 28,000 copies every month. Word of mouth. Sounds like a book I wrote <laughs> called 75 Hard. <laughs> <laughs> but it's exactly that. And so you can if it actually either, fucking helps people. Guess what? They're going to buy it. And so you can either spend a <laughs> year or two years building an exceptional product, service, experience, software, whatever you want to thing, right? And then let your customers market it for the rest of your life. Or you can spend a month building a mediocre product or service and then spend the rest of your life trying to get people to buy it. Dude, I did this shit. Like before, like people don't understand. Before First Form, there was other shit I sold, (laughs) right? It just wasn't good. Yeah. It just wasn't good. It, 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 you know, people weren't going to buy it twice, you know? And I think that's a big mistake most people make. And it's the inputs to outputs because- Everyone sees the year for the book that you wrote, yeah. right? They see the year. They see yeah. all the time you put into 75 hard, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. But if you think about how long life is, mm-hmm. if the rest of time people are spreading that, the input to output of how much work it takes to spread the message and wider than you'd ever be able to do it if it was just you on your own, yeah. you get the highest leverage from thinking about it from that perspective. If you spent a month on it and it was mediocre, you would have to pump it on every single podcast and it still wouldn't sell as many copies as yeah. it does. And you'd have to do it until you died. Yeah. And so like, if you're thinking about having high leverage or high return on your time, it makes more sense to spend more time making the thing you have actually exceptional. Keep doing it until people keep coming back and then the scale will happen. But like, it's an input, it's a, like, it's a math equation. How much of this do you, because re- like, I have my opinion on this, but like, how much of this do you feel like, uh, struggling businesses like like this one idea that we're talking about right here to me in my personal opinion bro this would fix 97% i'm making this up yeah. but the vast vast that up upper 95% of businesses could be fixed by just this thing we're talking about 
in the converse of that, how many businesses that have exceptional, the only thing that would drown a business that has an exceptional product is they'd be mispriced. It's the yeah. only thing, like yeah. their cost, like they can't, the economics of the business don't work. Yeah. That would mean that's the only, and you know, you know how easy it is to fix that? You change the fucking price tag. Yeah. That's how easy that is it to fix. two seconds. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to have the like guarantee the insurance, like you want success insurance, like what do I have to pay in order to mm -hmm. make sure that like I'm always covered? It's make the thing exceptional. Yeah. And that's, the, the thing is, is that most Undeniably fucking great. Is that most people don't understand how much actual effort it takes to make something exceptional. Like, I, you know, I look at some of the old presentations that I would make for my company and mm -hmm. I'm like embarrassed mm -hmm. at the thing is, I remember thinking when I looked at it, I was like, this is exceptional. Well, at the time, that was probably the best you could do. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that at the end of the day, the market's the one who makes that decision, not you. So I might have. And I think is I probably was listening. That's where the fucking disconnect happens, yeah. bro. Because you think you think because yep. it's the best that you did yeah. that it's fucking great. Yeah. But in reality, the market says, no, nah, it's not as good as everybody else's shit. I heard some um, motivation. That's speaker. real shit, man. Dude, it's huge. Yeah. It's um, I never thought about that until we just started talking about it. Like you like that's, you that's because that's the best is. that you can fucking offer. You yeah. you assume man. it is the best. Yeah. Because it's your best. Yes. Man, fuck. That's some powerful shit. I heard this guy say this and I just like it's it's been like ingrained yeah. in my head so much so that whenever I don't want to do something, this is the actual phrase that comes to my head is that he says he said two sayings that I love. One was that he's like. Boys are confident, men are certain. I just wanted to share that because I just love that saying. The other thing is he's like, it's not about doing your best, it's about doing what's required. And whenever I have a hard thing, like I'm like, I don't fucking make more videos for content or whatever, I don't want to do this podcast or whatever it is. Like literally my immediate thought that's like my subconscious is like, I will do what's required. Yeah. Like that's always my initial thought. And so right now, if the thing is, if the thing's not as good as you think it is, right? And people aren't coming back, mm. like you made you might have given it your best, but you didn't do what was required. Mm, dude, I'm sitting here thinking because like I'm going through this phase right now. That's very helpful to me personally. Thank you for saying that because I'm going through this phase right now where I'm very financially comfortable, like forever. Like, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and like some of the shit that is required, yeah, it's not really required, yeah. right? Yeah. Fuck. That's some powerful shit. Cause now I'm like, fuck, dude, it is kind of required. And it's not required because of you, motherfucker. It's required because other motherfuckers depend on you. Yeah. Like that's the internal comp. Yeah. yeah. So, like, cause, like, dude, my purpose is not me. Right. My purpose is not me. It's these dudes, it's these people out here. Yeah. It's, th yeah, it's these people listening. Yeah. Right. It's, it's fucking, man, that's some good shit. You're a smart dude. <laughs> 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 yeah, bro. Uh, I fucking love topic. that.